I'm not Don Adams, but I'm a celebrity impersonator, and would you believe this is the most listened to podcast in the world? I find that hard to believe. Would you believe the United States? I don't think so. How about Guatemala? I'm Ed Gross, and this is TV Retrovision, the podcast where we celebrate all our yesterdays, today and tomorrow. What do the odd couple and the original Star Trek have in common? It's not as odd a question as you might think. The commonality is actually actress Eleanor Donahue, who became a part of classic TV history on Father Knows Best and ever so briefly, The Andy Griffith Show, the latter for about a dozen episodes. Although she never truly disappeared from television following her stint in Mayberry, Eleanor did guest star on the 1967 episode of Star Trek, Metamorphosis, which, while not usually a part of top 10 lists for the show, is an extremely powerful episode exploring the nature of love. Several years later, she joined Oscar Madison and Felix Unger, on the TV version of Neil Simon's The Odd Couple, playing Felix's girlfriend, Miriam Welby. In the third and concluding part of our chat with the actress, she recalls what it was like to work with William Shatner on Star Trek and Tony Randall and Jack Klugman on The Odd Couple, which began very rockily. Rockily? Is that a word? Eleanor also reflects, sometimes with a sense of humor, on the struggles her father knows best dad, Robert Young, had with alcoholism and depression. Also went on to what is remains my favorite sitcom, Ever, nothing against Father Knows Best, which is the odd couple. Mm-hmm. What was that experience like playing Miriam? Oh, <laughs> I love that. Did you? I love the odd couple. Great. It was great fun. I loved both the guys. I loved everybody on that show. We just had a wonderful, wonderful time. And uh, Tony Randall could, could be a little prickly. That's uh, what I've heard. Sometimes. <laughs> he wasn't so far removed from Felix Unger. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> and, but... He and I, after the after the first go round, and I'm sure you've heard this story too, um, where I was just supposed to do one episode, and uh, uh, I was supposed to be a blind date for him. We go to a, we meet at a restaurant, right. and we were uh, rehearsing the scene. Actually, it was the dress rehearsal, probably in point of fact. And I always get particularly nervous at dress rehearsals. Don't ask me why, but I do. Okay. And uh, I couldn't remember my line. And he got very upset, and he started pounding on the table. He said, say your line, say your line, say your line. And uh, Jack Jack said, Tony, Tony, relax, calm down, you're scaring her. Say your line. Well, I couldn't have told you my name. And I didn't, you know, it it was not like I was a, a working actress. I probably had hadn't worked for a year or two. I mean, somebody called me up and say, how would you like to come down and do a small part in the show? Oh, yeah, sure, it'd be right. fun. You know, so it, it wasn't like I was real experienced. I was feeling a little in- insecure. So the script girl comes running up and she gives me my line and we get through the rehearsal. Well, I just thought, this is, I, I can't go back. This is too shameful. Well, the next day when we came in to do the the full-on taping right. in my dressing room was a bouquet not a large bouquet but a sweet beautiful <laughs> right. bouquet from tony right. apologizing really and thanking me for being on the show and it was the sweetest thing and from that time on he was just as as nice to me as he could possibly be and jack was a doll and we just had a wonderful wonderful time together what, what was the atmosphere filming the show? I mean, with that studio audience and 
you know, I, I just... That was different. That was a very different thing for me because I had done theater and I'd done television. This is sort of like a hybrid. And uh, it was a little... Um, I had... I'd kind of done that before. I had done live television at CBS when I was a teenager, but that had been so long ago that I'd pretty much forgotten the experience. And I, I it felt strange because I always felt like I was maybe overacting for the camera. Mm. But you have to sort of put it out there for the audience, you know, for them to get the full brunt of it. And uh, I don't know, it just felt funny in, yeah. in the beginning. Did you, did you get but comfortable with it? it was, yeah, 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 later on. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it took a while. It's and just, I'm a pacer if I'm going to work. I'm, I can't sit down. I walk and I walk and I walk and I walk and I walk. And uh, I'd be backstage and, and uh, going past the guy's dressing room and... Uh, Tony always had his door open, and he'd say, you're driving me mashugana with the back and forth. <laughs> so I'd go just as far as his door, and then I'd turn around and go back. He said, I can still hear you. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. <laughs> that is great. Was it, I mean, I mean, the scripts were so funny, and shooting it, because they would do a lot of stuff like, not off the cuff, I guess, but it would be rehearsed in such a way that it just it just played funny in <laughs> like I said while you were doing it, right? I mean that that was the impression <laughs> I always had of me of the odd couple behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. I yeah. won't go into detail, but uh, uh, Tony could be a little naughty. Okay, and he would. Uh, yeah, I, I I mustn't go into detail. The two of them could make anything funny. I mean, they oh, were yeah. they were so great, they and are. they were perfectly matched for their characters. Because um, they really were Oscar were, and Felix, right? I mean, in a lot of ways. Say it again? They were really Oscar and Felix in a lot of ways, weren't they? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You did a dozen of those. How? Why did that stop? Did they feel they needed to free Felix up to play the field or something? Or I'm just curious. I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I don't. I really don't. And then a show that I have written extensively about, and I have to ask you about, was your Star Trek appearance, which obviously has <laughs> stood the uh oh has stood the test of time. <laughs> yes, I'll say. Yeah, I went to the Star Trek convention a year, uh, two years ago, I think it was in, in Las Vegas? Vegas for the fiftieth. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that was uh, that was quite wonderful, quite fun. Now that's something that you could not have ever expected to have lived on the way it has. <laughs> I would imagine. Well, no, I, I guess not. Um, although that was that was certainly um, became a phenomenon very early. Yeah, you know, you could see that that was going to have legs for a long time because they would have these Star Trek conventions at the airport, and I don't know they must have had them all over the United States, but I know they had them at the L.A. airport mm. um, someplace. Um, I was usually invited, but I never wanted to go because I thought, well, gee, you know, I was only in the one episode. Why would, it, why would you know, that doesn't seem right. Silly lady. So I, <laughs> always, turn, I always turn them down. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know what you'd call them. They're not cartoon books, but they're books that were made from the cells. Oh, the, the, off uh, the, the photo novels, they used to call them. Yeah, photo, photo novels. novels yep. uh, when they were put out, mm-hmm. and they put out one for Metamorphosis. Yes, which I think I have it in my basement, actually. <laughs> Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, I thought I was real proud of that. I thought that was terrific. Yeah. And uh, that was uh, one of Harry's, uh, Harry Ackerman's favorite things that I ever did. He really liked that. It was that a wonderful episode. episode. It really is a really strong episode. Yeah. Did you have fun Glenn working with Shatner or no? <laughs> some people say oh, yes, some people say no. Yeah, he, was, he was interesting. Let's put it that way. He was an interesting guy. We ended up getting along fine. Okay. He was a little tough on me in the beginning because I'm, I'm not, um, 
I'm not good at rehearsals. I, I, I think I scare people or used to scare people in rehearsals because it always seemed to me as though they felt that I wasn't going to be able to, to do it, mm. you know, do it right. And uh, I, I guess I'd kind of pull the fat out of the fire at the last minute. But um, he he got a little annoyed with me during the table read and the director said, just leave her alone, will you? Oh. And uh, so, but um, he was fine, you know, when he saw that I was professional about my work and mm. giving my, my best, you know, that's all you can ask it's somebody to do their best. And she was she was a real strong character too. I thought a real strong woman character at a time when they weren't always presented as strong female characters. Yeah, yeah. When I was at the convention, though, someone mentioned to me about and and it, it was a married woman. She was sitting with her husband, and they thought it was very strange that, or did I feel that it was strange that Commander Hedford uh, would be serving coffee to the men on the on the ship? And I said. No, it didn't seem strange to me at all. Right. Because that was, that was, that was the what, time. what you did, you yeah. know. Um, but, uh, you know, in this in this day and age, uh, I, I guess you wouldn't, you know, you wouldn't have a female character serving if, if you're a, if you're a, you know, big muckamuck in the whatever service it is, mm-hmm. you know, doing a coffee service for somebody that's, but mm-hmm. in those days, right. it was fine. Today you'd tell him to get off his ass and get his own coffee for himself. <laughs> You never know. <laughs> you never know. You know, I have a serious question to ask, too, is, is um, uh, because I, can't, I don't think I can address Father Knows Best without at least touching on it, is like, uh, without going into too much detail, had you been aware of, or was anybody aware of Robert Young's depression issues? And I'm not going into detail about this. I'm just curious if that was... Uh, no. Really? No. So it came as a surprise. No. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely to me. Yeah. Uh, Jane Wyatt was aware. And she and I talked about it. Okay. And, uh, yeah, I, I think that they, they talked between the two of them. Um, but I was never, ever aware of, of any problem. We shut down once for a week, um, kind of in the middle of an episode. And they just said, Mr. Young is tired and we have to take a few days off. And, that, you know, that's certainly legitimate. Nobody 39 episodes a year, anything. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I didn't think a thing about it. Right. But as far as uh, the alcoholism, never. Somebody got on television and asked me that question and got quite upset with me because they said, oh, come on, you have to. Oh, that's know. ridiculous. Nobody should get upset with you about that. And I, no, never. He came back from lunch one time and he was uh, particularly um, funny. I mean, he was, he was, uh, he was a, not a serious man. Let, let me put it this way. It, yeah. He was thoughtful and warm and loving and kind and but he wasn't a, a cut-up and uh, he came back from lunch one time and he was a little bit of a cut-up and i right. thought oh isn't this nice <laughs> a fun time at lunch and that's <laughs> and uh, uh that afternoon we shut down for a week you know <laughs> but i'm you know i certainly now being in in showbiz and being on a set yeah. In those days, I, the few times that I have worked in the last decade, um, I don't notice it anymore. But in those days, in the fifties and in the fifties, forties and fifties, there was a lot of you know drinking at lunch. I, I could smell that particular sour kind of scotchy, beery smell on certain people, right. not actors, but uh, crew. You know. Like the, crew people, whatever. You know, you've got a whiff of it as they go past. 
Uh, is it like you can smell the cigarette smoke on, on somebody? Yeah. You know, you, you can tell. Absolutely. Never, ever, ever caught a whiff of anything with Mr. Young. Wow. Because so. yeah, I just remember as a fan, you know, somebody, again, who, who grew up watching reruns of the show and... and uh, um, and, and all that because I was born in '60. I just remember being shocked, uh, you know, when 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 he died, and it was just like, what happened? How did? How is? How is? You know, Jim Anderson <laughs> <laughs> suffered from depression. I don't understand. Of course, I was a lot younger then too. <laughs> well, he 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 was very ill. I mean, he yeah. was he was. Uh, I, I'm not sure what he died of. It may have been cancer, but I saw him uh, about two weeks before he died. In fact, we all. I don't know that Lauren was there because she was in the East Coast by then, but um, they had a birthday party for him. I, how old was he when he died? I don't remember. I am looking that up right now as was, we speak. I can tell you. He, but he was right up there. He was 91. I mean, he, didn't die. he was 91. Yes. Okay. So he was, it was, it was not a surprise that, that he would pass. And uh, they had, I guess it was his 90th birthday party. It must have been. It was a biggie. And everyone was sort of let in to see him. He was brought into a room, and they filmed it, not for publication, but just for family use. Right. And uh, everyone would go in and, and give him a hug and tell him what they wanted to tell him. Yeah. And uh, that was very nice. But a couple weeks before he died, or maybe it was a couple months, I don't know, um, the people that were taking care of him called me. I lived in the Valley at that time, and he lived in Westlake. And they said, would you like to come out and see Mr. Young? We don't know how much longer he has. And he's having a very good day today. And I said, I would love to. And I said, I'll be there in an hour. So the gentleman came and picked me up and took me out. I don't remember his name. Uh, Took me out to the house and let me go in the bedroom. And I got to sit on the edge of the bed and hold his hand and tell him I loved him. And he told me he loved me. And I gave him a kiss. And... We had a little hug, and that you could tell that that was as much as he wanted to engage in, and, and uh, then I left. Right. But it was shortly thereafter. It was within a couple of months, at least, if not less, before he passed. When you look back at all of this, what, what are your thoughts in the sense of when you look at the career that has been and hopefully will be, you know, whatever you end up doing, if anything, uh, what's your assessment of it all? Well, I'm just kind of amazed that it all went on as long as it did. And there will, as far as I know, and nobody knows what, what's around the corner, but as, as far as I am aware, it is no more. <laughs> I am done, finished. Really? And uh, uh, it, was, uh, it was just kind of terrific. When I, when I told you earlier, when I tell you, told you some things, it sounds like it's, it's quite unbelievable. If I were hearing it from someone, I'd say, oh, come on, that can't possibly be true. But it was all just so magical. I mean, it was just kind of a magical life. And uh, I've been so fortunate. Um, I've had a lot of fun, and uh, it's just been great. We want to offer a special thanks to Eleanor Donahue for taking the time to talk to us and bringing us back to the early days of classic TV. For additional episodes of this podcast, please head over to tvretrovision.com and check out our superhero podcast, Voices from Krypton, at voicesfromkrypton.net. We hope you subscribe to this podcast, tell your friends about us, and give us a five-star review. Thanks very much for listening, and we'll see you next time.